Welcome to the Wrestle Down! Wrestle Face Down! Face Down! Red song we can't afford the copyrights to from an album that only I like. We've tried. Lots and lots of chips. Not bringing in the Prince royalties. Yes, but have you heard? They're partnering up with Rare Coins and Chocolate. Yeah! <laughs> so if one out of every five bags of lots and lots of chips they sell, there's going to be a Rare Coin dipped in chocolate in there. Does that go with potato chips? I don't think so, but I don't do market research. Soon. Soon your fingers will tell a story that no man will believe. <clears throat> covered in chips. Covered in glass. Covered in chocolate. Oh, it's going to be covered. And we're going to cover a lot on this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Synergy, baby. Yeah. Uh, truth be told, it's uh, we usually record on Thursdays. This mm-hmm. is a Tuesday episode because I have to. I'm going to be away um, for the back half of the week, so we thought we'd reconvene so that our listeners do not have to go without content. That's right. Uh, because there's not enough content out there, and I know that it's just an oasis of just lots and lots of chips and rare <laughs> coins ads that have nowhere else to go. Um, an oasis. I, yeah. <laughs> what would... Can you imagine just starving, sweating, dying in the desert, and the only mirage that you see is a one bag of chips and... A but it has, like, one type of every chip in it. It's true. You know, that would be magical, almost like genie-esque. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a trail mix or a party mix or something, but, like, it was found... Who knows where? I don't, <laughs> I don't ask, and uh, now it's got coins in it. But the coins have chocolate around them. So you go out and buy one on the street corner outside where we're recording right now. Hey, Jeff! All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> he is out that there. Woman is startled. <laughs> he is out there making sure that we read this ad as written. Uh, and I have. So, yeah, what's been up with you, man? Let's see. It has been... Uh... It's been five days of catching up with wrestling, keeping current. Mm. Um, I got the chance to I teach self-defense on Saturdays, yep. and I'm covering this week, so I taught last night. I'm going to teach again tomorrow. Okay, cool. Uh, summertime, so fewer students, but I get to focus on them more, which is one of those things where I'm very grateful for the opportunity, because after 20 years of karate, always finding new things to be excited about. Nice. Uh, yesterday was my three-year anniversary with my girlfriend. Yeah! Yeah, it was awesome. We went to a beach, and we got some ice cream. And we did it all before I got ticketed for parking. And uh, that's all that matters. Also, yeah, we got to get each other gifts. And it was a very nice... We spent a nice weekend together. Nice. Uh, we watched an anime about a cat uh, that we love, uh, but Keaton is nonplussed. Mm. Uh, it's called My Roommate is a Cat. I thought relatable content. I've been trying to get my cat into anime the whole time we had <laughs> him. And... Um, he likes the colors and the movement of, like, Lucha Underground. So I can get him into things. He likes the melodies of Sean Mendes. Uh, and also, like, some very uh, lo-fi uh, or, like, some, uh, some B-sides that Roxy Music did. Nice. Uh, but he does not seem to like anime, even though the animes are about cats. And he does get freaked out when there's a dog in the anime and barks. Yeah. So, Good I don't instincts. know. But, yeah, that's what I've been up to this weekend. Mm. Um, also some glow. Oh, have you seen the new season of Glow? I was just going to say, speaking of relatable content, I finished off the third season of Glow mm. last week. Hell yeah, man. Holy crap. Like, for a show that was incredibly well-paced for the whole season, like, nothing, like, episode to episode particularly felt like a bombshell. It was very well-paced. And yep. then the last episode, it's like, everything against the fan, go, go, go! <laughs> it's a Christmas episode! Yeah! It's, I think it's because, like, if you check the, the runtimes of every episode, a lot of them are, like, 
they hover at 30 minutes. Yeah. Some are like 26, some yeah. are like 38 or whatever. Then the last episode's like uh, 42 minutes or something like that, and it's like, it feels like it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but it is, I hope they get a fourth season. So, I hope they do too. Like, they, <laughs> they've done a very good job of, like, changing up the locale. Mm -hmm. Every time it's always been interesting in... Everybody has is forced to adapt because of that, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, people have gotten married. People have been in relationships. They've fallen out. They've gotten back together. Um, there are people with, like, excellent identity questions, which, like, the the two top people in the season for me, because, like, Allison Brie and I, I'm not going to remember who Debbie's... Uh, Be Be uh, Betty Gilpin? Betty Gilpin. Yeah. They're excellent. And they yeah. get tons of screen time, but I thought Machu Picchu would, mm -hmm. like, stole it in every scene that she got a chance yeah, to. Yeah, she didn't get a lot, but yeah, she was good. Yeah. Um, with her whole kind of, like, personage ending on a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And I love the crap out of Kia Stevens. Awesome oh, comic. Yeah. Um, she also... A lot of the side characters didn't get a ton to do, but they would get, like, one episode. Right. Most of them in the sixth episode. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's the little thing... Little intentional choices that are, like really faithful to the characters without going into any specifics for spoiler reasons but yeah. like just the little ways that they expand the lore of professional wrestling just like the word kayfabe comes up mm -hmm. in terms of just like preserving the dignity of the show rather than making everybody switch characters before a show or oh, fuck that they're in vegas yeah <laughs> wait oh they are very in vegas yeah I love vegas and like just the idea of i've been a wrestling fan for at this point almost 30 years and the idea of just like, oh no, a wrestler's hurt, what do you do with them? And someone's just yeah. like, the concept of managers is a thing. Yeah. It's like, of course! Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, I think a lot of reviews I saw early on, like before it came out, uh, were saying like, oh, there's a lot less wrestling in it. But I would argue that it feels more like wrestling, mm -hmm. because they're just in this one location the whole season, and just a bunch of personalities bouncing off of each other. Yeah. Which is like how Raw is structured, basically. Yep. And also, subplots uh, sometimes just end without real, co um really going anywhere and some things just get dropped for no reason you know very true to wrestling still a great season though oh yeah yeah very fun moment of just like oh sex for money's a thing mm. and it's vegas so it's kind of like more of a regular thing there where's it gonna go yeah nowhere it's fine yeah it just oh it's just another person who's having a relationship with someone in the glow universe yeah um yeah it's, it's weird but i liked it overall good oh, stuff yeah, yeah like sometimes you said. great yeah um Mark Marin, I Ugh. I didn't get into the WTF podcast like in its heyday. I got in on the wave at like I don't know his second or third seat, like batch of really doing a lot of time of episodes. Yeah, and I didn't catch really Marin on IFC, but I love him on this. Mm -hmm. And of like this, it, it's glow. It's the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. So there's not a ton of male characters. But they're, the ones that are there are just, like, magnificently flawed mm -hmm. and speak their minds even though they don't really know what they're talking about. It's just this great embracing of just, like, the strong male archetype doesn't really fit in there. No, not they're at all, yeah. They're just very vulnerable. They're very broken. Yeah. And they continue to get more so. Yeah. Oh, fucking Bash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bash. He made me love him by loving magic as much as I love magic. <laughs> and then he made me... Then he did some things and it reminded me that he played Piz in Veronica Mars. <laughs> and uh, that's a soreness that will never go away. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, without spoiling anything of just, like, where Sam's life goes in terms of just, like, catches up with his daughter a little bit, and then, wha-bam, wrecking ball through pretty much everything going on in his life. And yeah. And health stuff, and, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get... He also got kind of sidelined, compared to the, especially compared to the rest of the cast. He just kind of 
back half of the season, he's elsewhere. But, like, uh, yeah, he gets a, lot, a fair amount to do. It's very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, what else did I do this week? Yeah, that was, like, it. Um, uh, yeah, it's only been, like, four or five days since we recorded, so there's there was no wrestling this weekend. We finally yeah. got a weekend where there was, like, no events. Of yeah. course, except for, uh, Stardom's five-star Grand Prix. Mm. Um... Uh, what hey, did you watch anything other than uh, like just, not even just five stars? Did anything overall this weekend? Um, I caught up with NXT mm. like what did they would have pre uh, taped before Takeover? Which oh, I haven't watched that yet. Is just as excellent as like what you would expect to see on uh, like a Takeover main card. Like, yeah, any of those matches would have fit right on there, which is great. And the NXT video production team does a magnificent job of recapping mm, with yeah. information you already know. Like you already know that Io Shirai is a heel now. You already know that like who won between Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano but how they choose to shoot it and layer it is just, it's excellent yeah they did and they like do a lot of that stuff in post for this episode because it was mostly taped beforehand mm-hmm. uh, I gotta catch up on that because of the breakout tournament finals I yes. wanna check out the match yes nice. okay Jordan Miles versus Cameron Grimes very yes oh nice um yeah um and like local boy Johnny Car- Johnny Curtis otherwise known as Fondango oh yep Rizango are back they yes they fight the Forgotten Sons and they're, like NXT's crowds embrace wrestlers like few other crowds kind of do. It's almost mm-hmm. like PWG and very much like AEW now, where it's new and hot in terms of like they're so happy to see Fandango. Yeah, Fandangoing is back, so yeah. a lot of people are like dancing in the audience. Fandango is embracing it. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like because he was a heel when that got over, he had to like tell people to fuck off. Right. He gets to say like, no, thank you, I appreciate you, and now I'm gonna swivel my hips. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and they'll probably. Hopefully they can do some fashion things and the the backstage things. Um, I don't know, all good things. Uh, so the the big news about NXT though this week, or I guess as of like 10 a.m. today, right, uh, is that it's officially moving to a Wednesday 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. time slot on USA. Yeah, which does two things. One, it makes it a live show now. Uh, it's going to be broadcasting on full sale most of the time, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Marl said he's going to be there at full sale every week, but I, I would guess that sometimes they'll travel. Right. Um, and it's going to expand it to two hours. Mm. And who knows if there's anything else background-wise that will happen creatively. Uh, we'll see. But that does mean WWE is going to have shows on television Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And, uh, oh boy, that's a lot. It's kind of a big ask. Yeah, because SmackDown's moving to Friday. Yeah. I was going to say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I guess it will be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for like couple weeks yeah maybe three weeks or so yeah because my my brain hasn't kicked over because it hasn't started yet but yeah that's it's an excellent point and i mean the big question is is nxt gonna stay nxt yeah. and i mean the, the truest answer is that no one's gonna know until it starts and especially until we're like two or three months in yeah i think that nxt if it's gonna be faithful to what it's what's made it really successful is we're, we should still expect to see long meaningful like tv matches yeah It'll be more challenging because it's going to be weekly. Yeah, I think uh, my my one thing about that is that because it's going to be on TV, I worry that they're not going to be able to pace the show the way they do in pre-tape. Yeah, like I'm kind of expecting commercial breaks during matches now, and that right. does worry me. It, I mean, it's going to be jarring if you've been a longtime fan of NXT. There's For no sure. getting around that. But they have such they have the depth of a roster of Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like having as many bodies as they need, sure. And they can always pull from NXT UK, 205 Live. Yep. 
Raw and SmackDown, just to, if, in, at least initially, to, like, goose interest. Right. Um, I think it bodes incredibly well for the Undisputed Era, because they're right in the middle of it, and they're more or less going to be the face to start out. Yep. And especially, well, for Velveteen, because this guy is... If Adam Cole's your present, then Velveteen's your infinite future. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be great for the roster. I mean, assuming they get paid more. Yep. Um, which I'm sure will happen, with at least with the next contract rounds. Uh, and they also have always had a massive roster that they can't find a place for every hour or every weekly hour show. Right. Again? When was the last time we saw Donovan Dijak? Not there a long time. Maybe one of the best cases in the world of, uh, by pure coincidence, oh, a white nationalism gimmick, you're hurt now. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, that, that worked out well. That was God saying, I don't think this gimmick is the right one for this time. Correct. <laughs> and I don't even think it was really, my interpretation of the events is that wasn't, like, really a white nationalism gimmick, but he was, like, going on Twitter, like, saying that he was, like, pureborn and shit, and it, like, didn't, uh, people were like, ah, that's fucked up language to be using. Which is funny, because they kind of do that with Charlotte all the time. Right. It doesn't make me happy then either, but... Yeah, I mean, with Dijak, it, it, more than anything else, like, sh when you do it with Charlotte, I mean, it... Her character and, like, the Flair legacy mm -hmm. is more of just, like, we're better than anybody, period, regardless of who they are. Yeah. With Dijak, it was directly opposed to Velveteen, and Velveteen is very much, like, a pansexual African-American guy. Yeah. Not good to be calling yourself pure against him. Right, it would have been better if it was, like, basically anybody else on the roster. Yeah, um, like Wesley Blake. You were like, yeah, you're pure than Wesley Blake. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> uh, he was, like, I think the gimmick was, the idea was that he was, like, European, like, I don't know, he had, like, he was, like, he pulled himself up from his bootstraps as yeah. like, a young boy in Worcester, Massachusetts, or whatever, uh, but didn't come off that way. And I think, also debuting it before it even hit TV, made people talk about it, which probably amplified the problem more. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that eventually he'll be back and probably doing something different. Yeah. Uh, hopefully fighting Keith Lee, and hopefully fighting them on Wednesdays at 8pm to 10pm. Yeah. And then I'll watch it Thursdays on Hulu or the WWE Network, because mm. I still don't have a cable plan. Fair enough. Yeah. Could this mean the return of Kona Reeves? <laughs> <laughs> Has he been gone? <laughs> <laughs> From TV, at least. That should have made it into our Mysteries episode. <laughs> Which, by the way, we did Mysteries last time. Forgot about the biggest NXT mystery of all, the parking lot. Oh, God. Um, the most dangerous place in WWE, where Hideo Itami uh, was attacked, and no one ever found the culprit. Oh, it's true. And then uh, Aleister Black got attacked, and it was Johnny Gargano. So I assume Johnny went back in time and beat up Hideo as well. Mm. Uh, that's the way I'm going to uh, frame it in my mind. Here's what I love so that you always have, like, William Regal, evil general manager in your back pocket type of twist of, like, there's purposely not security cameras, nanny cams, or any kind of motion detectors so that he can always just have people taken out. <laughs> like, he's your Don, and whenever someone steps out of line, Regal just uh, makes you sleep with the fishes for a few weeks. Yeah. And then you have shoulder surgery problems, and you wind up in Japan. What a weird, convoluted, multi-company, like, conspiracy that would be of just, like, we don't like Hideo, we want to make him join Bullet Club. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> make Kevin Owens fuck up the shoulder. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, NXT's got a... Yeah, I think a lot of people are apprehensive because WWE's, like, you know, uh, track record. And, like, just the fact that they're going to have a bigger spotlight on them means that they might, they might pay attention more and be like, maybe this wrestler shouldn't be a pansexual black man. And, uh, uh, yeah, that would be awful. Yeah. Because um, he's, he's a million-dollar idea just waiting to be sent into a bank 
with a million dollars in it. <laughs> to uh, deposit it. <laughs> to, to, he's gonna make a withdrawal in his spangly pants. <laughs> there hasn't been this much banking-centric action on WWE TV since Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Uh, just three weeks ago, or whenever the Raw reunion was. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's there's warranted apprehension, because we're, like you said, we're recording this on a Tuesday. It's the day following Raw, where supposedly Vince McMahon had less direct involvement with, like, how things were paced and agented and everything else, and it seemed like it was a great show. I never get the chance to watch these live. Yeah. But if NXT is run very similar to how it used to with a little bit of stretch then great i don't think anybody can complain there's always going to be detractors but yeah if it gets heavily overproduced we see like toilet humor and kid jokes and yeah the women aren't wrestling as often and like if we if io shirai disappears then it'll be a fucking travesty yeah she's in the midst of what feels like an nxt renaissance even though she's only been around for a very short time mm -hmm. like i want to plumb the depths of what shitbag io shirai is like and not just like shunt her off to the side because she happens to not speak fluent english yeah that's a that's a big worry too now that uh we've seen what happens when asuka and Kyrie sane are put in front of a an American audience, right? Uh, or not put in front of the audience, as the case may be. Um, I think I'm, I'm tentatively optimistic that like the two hours will help them. I think like the show quality is gonna dip, yeah. just because of like writing two hours a week as opposed to you know, four hours a month or something like that, or you know, six hours of taping. However, they do it. What I would guess is that if it's the um, the debut episode, they'd probably do something like Adam Cole defends the NXT title or Velveteen defends the title or both. Yeah. I think that they go, like, Crash TV for maybe the first week or two, but there's going to be a lot of, uh, not level setting, but just, like, table setting for weeks ahead. Yeah. Because now they definitely. have to do that. So you're not immediately going to get, like, a blow-off match after two weeks or three weeks and less of, like, a steady pace build to takeovers. Yeah. So, I, I think people are definitely going to complain about the pace at first, because it's going to have to be different. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna change for sure. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if there will be more takeovers, just because, like, without more takeovers, that you, you're looking at, like, eight weeks or maybe even ten weeks between takeovers just to be on TV, like, jerking around. Right. Which could be interesting. I don't know. But uh, I think like, they're, in, they're in good hands. Yeah. Um... Vince McMahon can't do everything all days. Uh, I don't know what he would normally be doing on Wednesday nights, but hopefully it's not in Florida. Um, He'd be working out, probably, polishing his muscles. Yeah. Uh, staring at Stephanie's tits in a photograph. I don't know. <laughs> what? Have you, have you, do you remember when, like, she was, like, the... When she and Hunter were going to renew their vows on TV? Or maybe it was the... No, it was when she was going to renew her vows. There was, like, segments where, like, she would be, like, getting ready for... Like in her wedding dress, or whatever, and Vince would just be like directly staring at her, like he couldn't look away. Gross. Yeah, it's a very Trump Ivanka kind of yeah. relationship. I see. I mean, I I might be one of I don't know a handful of people that bought the McMahon DVD back when yeah. it came out in like 2010, 2000. Actually, no, 2006, 2007. It's a rare, a somewhat rare item. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it it's fine. Yeah. It like I was thinking about it the last few. Uh, it came up in my head like a couple weeks ago and it's like yeah. if you wanted to see Vince McMahon give a very awkward wedding speech where he's like you know how I live my life I grab what I'm interested in by the fucking throat and I <laughs> choke the life out of life <laughs> and there's very uncomfortable like eh. yeah <laughs> so like to imagine him staring at his own daughter is disgusting but also they bring up like when 
Stephanie and Triple H were talking about getting married. He wanted to put it on pay-per-view. Yep. They said no. He wanted to do an incest angle. He absolutely said no. Yeah. When she had her first daughter. So, yeah. Gross. Yep, yep. It's He's a messed up man. Um, yeah. That, that McMahon, Dr. Mandry, unsurprisingly, not on the WWE Network. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot in there that they probably wouldn't want to air now. Nope. Uh, I mean, when you, yeah, when you openly acknowledge that you had an open challenge against God, and yeah. you declared that you won because the spotlight didn't manifest a physical entity for you to fight, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Uh, also, yeah, that was that's WWE this week. There hasn't been much happening since SummerSlam. They're gonna slowly ramp back up to Night of Champions, I guess. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, in Japan, uh, there's. Also a little bit of a G1 hangover, yeah. but I've been watching the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix, which is just as good. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a round robin style tournament, uh, like the G1, two blocks of nine. So one person per block gets a night off or a tag match in between uh, on on a show. Mm. Um, matches have a 15 minute time limit, and uh, seems like for the most part, most of the block matches happen or yeah, mo. Both blocks are on every show for the most part. I think there's some variance on how many matches happen per show, but like for the most part, there's a mix. It's nice. The first night, the first two nights were last weekend, and it takes time for them to translate and put them online. But uh, yeah, good tournament. I think it's worth checking out if anybody out there wants to, because I have no one to talk to about this stuff, and <laughs> it's mostly just me posting memes <laughs> or subtitled. Uh, fucking uh, promos, but yeah, um, good stuff, man. They had uh, uh, Jung. You're, you're, I'm, I'm sorry to say that your your gal Jungle Kiona is taking a lot of L's no! this year, as always. She's kind of the Naito of uh, Stardom a little bit. I love her so much. I know she's great. She's great. She had a match with the Tommy uh, Aishishta that was fantastic. Mm. Uh, the hype for it was because they had. Um, gone through two other singles matches, each went to a 15-minute uh, time limit, and this one has a winner. Uh, I kind of already said who, but it's an excellent match. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an... It is still an excellent match. The rarest stipulation <laughs> in modern wrestling. This match has a winner! Yeah. <laughs> so far, all winners. I mean, for a 15-minute match, that's not... Uh, it's not hard to go to a draw. Yeah. But so far, there hasn't been one. It's been like... It's good, fast-paced action. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be hard to keep up because of the weird uploading schedule, but they try to get the important matches up first. And, uh, yeah, hype for it. Nice. All the way through. Yeah, I will I will do a job of keep of checking it out. I feel like, like you had said, there was a, a, there's a G1 hangover for anybody who's a fan of New Japan. Yeah. Uh, there was so much wrestling last weekend that it was kind of nice to get a break. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then we got the, uh, what's it called, the Super J Cup this week. I think it does it even go into the weekend. No, I think it barely gets into the weekend. Now, does it air on NJPW? No, it won't. Got to wait for next month yes. to see it. Um, I guess it might wind up being next month. I think it, I think I had read that. Wow, that, I didn't yeah. realize it was gonna be that long. But mm. yeah, I guess the month is almost over. I know Royal Quest has a like three day, uh, you know, upload um, delay. Right. But yeah, Super J Cup. I think that one. We'll see how, how long it takes to get that one up. I don't dis uh, I don't disbelieve you that's a week or um the next month, but it is yeah, I think I've heard that that one's just because of the infrastructure of the, them just not having the capability of putting it up quickly that's rather fair. than uh, uh, from the states rather than uh, with Royal Cup or Royal Quest, which is like a deal with Fight TV. Right. But yeah. Good good new Japan stuff coming up. 
I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in on stardom until this this uh, goddamn round robin is over. Um, but I got a controversial pick for Super Jacob. Okay, Lance Archer. <laughs> Very controversial. <laughs> he is not in it, <laughs> and I don't think I. You could cut him in half and have two half Lance Archers in it. And then, I mean, they'd be I like, at a Tiff's advantage. I to, like the implication that you're yeah. doing it lengthwise. Well, you, I was going to say, uh, lengthwise, uh, vertically or horizontally, depending on how you split them, right. uh, he could be at a disadvantage or possibly an advantage. I don't know. Oh, God. Like, the lower half of Lance Archer is still spitting water before a match? <laughs> Hell yeah. You can't, you can't Boston Crab a, a guy who doesn't have legs. <laughs> That's, uh... <laughs> I think that's the second thing they tell you in the New Japan Dojo. <laughs> I would hope so. I, uh, I hope that nothing is left to the imagination, and nothing is left to just like you know subtleties and uh, and everything spelled out explicitly. Right. Um, but yeah, I a uh, friend of the show, Patrick Connor, made a bracket for it uh, for the Super J Cup. I um, I had never seen El Fantasmo until mm-hmm. he started appearing in promos, and then for um, the best of the Super Juniors. So I love that he's in it. I love that Dragon Lee's in it. I'm very excited for what I think is going to be uh, El Fantasmo taking it. Because you got Osprey as champion. Yeah. So I think that, very exciting, you get Osprey fighting the Amazing Red in the Amazing Red's retirement match, which it would feel like a cop-out if Osprey didn't beat him. Because he's, he's like, yeah, he's going to retire anyway. But right. I think the match is going to be excellent. I think that it gives New Japan fans some exposure to Lucha Libre people beyond Dragon Lee. Because yeah. I think uh, uh, Mystico who was the original Sin Cara, is in this, which I thought was super interesting. And you got your stand, your standard dudes, Yo and Sho, you got Ryusuke, Taguchi, you got a ton of really strong action in there, plus the blow-off of uh, Robbie Eagles versus El Fantasmo starting off. Yeah. Uh, I, You said Fantasmo is your pick to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you have on the other side of the bracket? On the other side of the bracket... I can look it up. I have the thing open right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Dragon League. We have the same final. Ooh! Uh, but different people winning. What? So, yeah. I think I had Dragon Lee winning. Nice. So we'll see. Um, I I can very easily be talked out of uh, Dragon Lee winning. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it would elevate Phantasmo and he would be that much bigger of a dick. Exactly. That's 100% the reason why I picked him. Because almost everybody else in there needs more steam before they would win like their first juniors title. Yeah. Because um, like, like, I'm starting to like yell more than show. I feel like it's one of those things in a tag team where like everyone's expecting Show to pop off, so it's making Yomo motivated. Yeah, um, Taguchi doesn't need it. He's nope. done everything he could possibly need to do. I would love to see him pop up in like more heavyweight tournaments. And everyone else, I just don't think either has as good of a chance or is kind of like holding water for uh, Time Bomb because like I like Bushi's growing on me, but I'm yeah. just like he's like he's gonna yeah. fight Rocky in the second round. That's he's, what we're here for, right? Yeah, he's a mid-level fucking you know. Uh, performer than the, the scheme of the whole, you know, junior roster. Right. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think there's like a quadrant of my brackets I'm like really rethinking right now, but uh, my, I think my, my pick's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same uh, Dragon Lee Phantasmo. Did they meet in the Super, what, Best of Super Juniors? They did. Okay. Yes! Okay, I remember that now. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, gonna be a good rematch. We know it's a good match, and we know that uh, it's gonna be on Saturday. <laughs> we know that a match is happening on saturday uh there will be a winner yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh god, I now I am thinking that Phantasmo might take it. Right? Cuz cuz like yeah, that's a perfect like Will Osprey versus Phantasmo at like, you know, one of the fall shows and then fucking he takes it into Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Maybe Osprey loses it there and then does something else with his time at Wrestle Kingdom. Right. I'm I'm by no means a new Japan historian, but it feels significant to me whenever wrestlers leave stables. Like yeah. uh when Jay White left uh Chaos to join Bullet Club, but now you have the reverse. You have Robbie Eagles left Bullet Club to join Chaos. Right. Which it's one of those stories in almost every Fed that almost never fully gets fleshed out where Osprey was just like come back from the dark side. And he fucking does. Yeah. So now the sniper of the sky is almost guaranteed to lose to Phantasmo, but probably through shenanigans, and it'll be another match that they can go back to. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's a good good prediction. So we'll see how that turns out, and then Royal Quest looks good. We get Suzuki versus Okada again. Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, we've got Kento versus Ishii. Good luck, Ishii. Did you see the card? Um, I haven't yet. Okay, let me, I'll pull it up. Uh, Kento Ishii should be good. Um, it's for the Never title. Um... Let's Royal see. Quest lineup brought to you by uh, Keaton's Dreams. Keaton's Dreams. He'll move his paws and he'll wrinkle his nose. That's how you know he's dreaming. Keaton's Dreams. Do you do that, buddy? Do you not? Do you sleep? I don't know. Sometimes he does. Actually, he's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's a cat, so he always does. Yeah, we got Kokata Suzuki. Yeah. Uh, Saber versus Tanahashi. Nice. Yeah, which we've seen a bunch of times. It's always good. Right. Uh, God versus the winners of the RPW Royal uh, Road to Royal Quest Tournament. Uh, Naito and Sonata versus Jay White and Chase. I still think Naito and Jay White are meeting at Wrestle Kingdom at some point. Um, Makes sense. One of the two days. And Osprey Eagles versus Ishimori and Phantasmo. Ibushi uh, and Juice versus uh, Takahashi Ujiro Takahashi. And Higulio and uh, Taguchi, Shota Umino, uh, and Ren Renita versus Rock Romero, Show and Yo. Good nice. card. Very Should nice. be good, yeah. I, I think it's worth waiting three days, but, like, yeah, good stuff. Good for the British fans. Yep. Uh, hopefully we get even 5% as good at, in Lowell. <laughs> yeah. We have just the, I'm just, like, the size of the venue has to be, like, they're not going to, like, throw Okada's in a singles match at us. But, like, I can see a U.S. title defense or something like that. Yeah, I could, like, and the thing is, like you said, the size of the building, that how many people they can fit in it, I'd be totally fine if we got three out of five members of LIJ. Yeah. And, like, it, as long as Naito's there, it kind of makes it. But, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get sure. good stuff. Yeah, we'll get some good shit. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, should we do Segment Mania now? Yeah! Segment Mania! Segment Mania! I don't want to do Segment Mania. That's called a turn. <laughs> our second media this week is uh, in honor of now our Sasha Banks watch has ended. Uh, <laughs> we have been parsing through the clues. I have been Keaton is a, is a licensed detective. Uh, we have been parsing through clues on her Instagram to figure out um, what she's been up to since WrestleMania. She hadn't been on WWE TV and had been posting Kendrick Lamar lyrics uh, and photographs and also like Instagram stories of her traveling around to Japan and such. And then she showed up last week and uh, beat up Natalia for, for for mourning her dad. Yep, as a heel does. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense. It's like he died like 
a year ago. Why do you get another promo? Come on, uh, <laughs> you can't you can't give a promo every year to everybody whose dad died. It would be just uh, the whole show would just be dead dad promos. Siding with the heels. <laughs> I usually do, especially when it's Sasha Banks, and then she beat up Becky Lynch with a chair, and uh, now she's still beating up Natalia. So. <laughs> As of last night. As we're talking. Yeah. He's probably right now just stomping on her. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, good heel turn. Very good. It involved uh, her showing up like looking like normal, then taking off her purple wig to show off blue hair. Always more evil color. Yeah. Purple is royalty, blue is deviousness, yes. and the ocean, which everyone knows can't be trusted. You can't. It eats all of our plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't give it back. And then it uses that plastic to kill the animals. That's right. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it was really effectively done. Yeah. Because, like, Sasha, in her truest form, like, some wrestlers are just more comfortable in a certain alignment. Bailey's a great face. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's a great heel. Becky is excellent right in the middle. Yeah. Kind of blending the two, but Sasha was born to be the boss. Yeah, I think Becky is probably better as a heel, but, like, she, everyone loves her too much to buy that. So, yeah, if, she, if she's going to be an anti-hero, I love it. Um, we don't know if Bailey's a good heel or not. Yeah. We really don't. And maybe we never will. I feel like she's very much a Sami Zayn type. Yeah. Just, like, given the right circumstance, twist her, sure. And then she, like, it, it's so simple in theory of you take any good hero and you just make them do the opposite of what they used to do. Just, like, she hugs people. Now she doesn't like hugging people. She wore a side pony. Now it's on the other side. <laughs> Keaton, what about that? Oh, he's very concerned about the side pony being on the wrong side. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think uh, yeah, I like it when there's a good visual flair to a uh, heel turn. Um, a like, visual Charlotte. Flair. Yeah, <laughs> these are puns. Yes, <laughs> they are indeed. <laughs> they are by the dictionary definition puns. Uh, <laughs> they are they are but the coin in the chocolate that is our podcast. <laughs> Got to sink your teeth into them, not too hard. Yeah, but yeah, I mean this is very quickly going to lead to Becky versus Sasha. This very much feels like a program that they're not going to get done in just one match. No. Which, Jesus Christ, if we did Lacey Evans for three months and they do <laughs> Sasha, <laughs> Becky, and one, I will scream. How how mad would you be if they did Becky and Sasha in, a ma- in one match and then Sasha went away for another three months? At that point, see, I would get closure yeah. at that point. I'd be just like, True. cool. Sasha, you really want to just like keep testing if everyone wants to see you? The test is done. We don't now. Yeah. If you really just want to keep leading people along. I mean, like, if they just, like, had her backstage with, like, uh, fucking... The Street Profits? Yeah. I'm trying to think of, like, somebody that they haven't been using, but, like, Apollo Crews. Yeah. She's just hanging out backstage with Apollo Crews, hanging out in the background of uh, 24-7 title things. See, if you're going to do that, I, I would at least... W- wish it to be entertained so like opposite of like Shelton Benjamin's weird yeah. face you just have her making weird faces True. Yeah. and you start expanding that lore but yeah hopefully she keeps wrestling hopefully she keeps doing random attacks on people because yeah. it's fucking working yep that's good shit um, I think we're gonna get Natalia versus Sasha at least on a Raw before Night of Champions I don't know if we're gonna jump right into Becky Sasha even though it makes sense yeah I feel like they're there's some unfinished business because she attacked Natalia again last night. Right. We need to resolve that circle. Yeah, I, I could even see it going as far as like the Royal Rumble, where Natty, like fully healed, comes back for like as a like a returning hero and gets like what would feel like a fluke win or something that wouldn't like finish off Sasha. Yeah. Um, like the Becky Lynch title run, which is now tangent- tangentially related to this, if not directly related to mm. Sasha coming back. 
there there hasn't really been a signature match. There hasn't really been a signature feud. No, aside yeah. from her winning the title, uh, which main evented WrestleMania, it doesn't get any bigger than that in the WWE. Right. But she hasn't really had an iconic opponent. Hopefully, Sasha really highlights the best things about her and herself, and the two of them have a series of excellent matches. Yeah, I hope so too. Because yeah, her and Rollins both like we were excited for them to win, and then they kind of just got thrown into matches with uh, not uh, not optimal opponents, let's right. say, uh, for like three months. And that really took a shine off of everything. Yep. And I mean, it, one hopes that with a company as big as the WWE and as good as logistics as they typically are, that they'll figure out their Saudi Arabia bullshit. Because yeah. that largely was the biggest, was the reason why a lot of things got screwed up right after Mania. Yeah. But they get the time, they have the talent, um... Sasha is back where I I don't know if because AEW is so untested. Yep. I don't know where else she would fit right now. So right. this is probably the best case scenario for her to come back with a ton of fanfare and prove why she's so great at this. Yeah, I think like I think that they will back her up for now at least. I mean, I know Daniel Bryan kind of has faded into the background a little bit, um, but I mean he's coming back with the Roman Reigns feud. Yep. Um, for story whatever they do with that. Um, but yeah, uh, they, they, they tend to do right by people who, uh, turn, like, heel. Yeah. Uh, what are your favorites of all time, or even recently? Yeah, I, I put together a, a tiny list of these, um, for WWE, Becky last year becoming the man. Yes, she yeah. Did, off, she did it uh, off of Charlotte. Yep. And, like, it created this wonderful domino effect of, there was all this goodwill simmering under the surface for Becky to finally just, like, push through, become champion. Mm-hmm. She did. Yep. And the crowd refused to fucking boo her to the point where they were, like, the snarky fans were very ready to boo Ronda Rousey. And yep. then it very much lit Becky Lynch on fire when someone finally made Ronda Rousey look vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So heel Becky Lynch became tweener Becky Lynch. The, like, in the last year, I don't know if there's been a more dynamic, uh, women's wrestler charlotte is a close second with her heel turn because she's yeah. kind of almost in a randy orton type of way yeah she's kind of turned back and forth a little bit much for me yeah um like yeah, she's kind of like it's it depends on who she's facing at any given time mm. she's like a heel solid 70 percent of the time and then like for a good chunk of smackdowns uh, her run on smackdown she was a face for some reason yeah so like when becky was catching fire and got hurt and then uh, Charlotte stepped in to fight Rousey. Mm. She showed shit tons of aggression where people were like, oh yeah, no, 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 make her heal, please. And then they yep. did. And she entitled her way into WrestleMania, which is awesome. Yep. And entitled her way into Andrade. Yes. Uh, love. Um. Yeah. Let's see. I am a big fan of... I mean, let's go with a uh, slightly... For a, a less recent one, but like still pretty recent, when Daniel Bryan turned, yeah. uh, I was a big fan of that one because, like, I think what was I, I was like at a movie or something like that that had gotten out just in time for me to get uh, on the train and then get home at like nine forty-five, and I saw on the like uh, probably cage side or something like that that oh, there's a WWE title match happening uh, tonight on SmackDown, uh, the the go home show for Survivor Series. And it's AJ Styles versus uh, Daniel Bryan. AJ Styles is the champion. And I was like, they're crazy enough to do this. They're crazy enough to have Daniel Bryan win. And I expected him to win. I did not expect him to win by kicking AJ Styles in the nuts. Yeah. And then, you know, getting the win that way. Uh, showing that Shinsuke had the right idea. <laughs> he just didn't have the execution or the motivation <laughs> to he, pull it off. He had to throw a high knee, not a low knee. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that one was fun. And it led to our... our 
planet's hero. Yeah. Uh, the planet's champion. The the great uh, fucking vegan belt. Uh, um, <laughs> fully sustainable. Yep. And uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff in Daniel Bryan's run. And the opposite of Kofi payoff eventually, which is also an accident, but still great stuff. Yeah. Um, I for Bryan's turn, it was one of those things where we got the gift of him being able to be well enough to wrestle again. Mm-hmm. We got what felt like the alley oop uh, feud with him and Miz, where he kept losing weirdly, and they just didn't seem to make either one of them want to look good. Yeah, like their their thing with Miz is that they love to heat him up, and they never know what the hell to do after the match. Yeah, I so, like the one time Brian won with like a random like small package. Yeah, that was like, in like two minutes. Yes, yeah. Which, I mean, and it's become almost kind of part of his heel character. Just like, he'll fucking beat with a roll because he can. Yeah. But, yeah, he was Mr. Small Package. Mr. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now Drake Maverick. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Brian's is a great one. Um, like, in terms of recent WWE lore, recent-ish, uh, Rollins breaking the shield. Oh, yeah. Because they were unstoppable yeah. to that point. Massive. It had to happen. It had to happen at some point. Um, and then it set off the three divergent paths of those three, where Rollins made the most out of every possible opportunity he could have gotten until his knee gave out for a friggin' year and a half. It was, yeah, it was like a year and some change yep. where he was WWE champion. He was United States champion. Um, he might have been a tag champion. I don't think he was, but. No, no. Not um, as a heel. He was the face of the authority. He broke away from the authority. Mm-hmm. He had J&J security, which gave Jamie Noble and Joey Mercury some fun stuff to do. He flipped Kane. <laughs> Kane was a corporate sellout and turned him back into a monster. He unveiled a statue, and then it wasn't a statue, and it was Sting. And then he nearly killed Sting. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, God. Which, I, he got I, scolded by Bret Hart because of that. <laughs> <laughs> what a year. Like, what a luxury it is to be a fan, though. Like, we get to chuckle, but like, oh, that time he almost murdered someone. Yeah. I mean, it was an accident, and it's probably Sting's health more than anything. But yeah, uh, he did a great job as a heel. That turn was a massive shock. Yeah. Um, Similarly, uh, less successful in the long run, but in the moment, I was a big fan of uh, Ambrose turning on Rollins. Yep. um, The night that Roman announced that he had leukemia. Yep. People will argue that it's not in good taste, but I thought it was, like, the right move for the time to just show the show's moving on without him. Right. Um, they never followed up with that on any any kind of meaningful, satisfactory level at all. Ambrose pretty much immediately was like, nah, I don't really want to do this, and it showed. But in that moment, like, him beating up Rollins and, like, talking to himself and screaming at himself, whatever, felt, like, very cathartic in a way. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. It felt like a window into the John Oxley we're seeing right now. Yes. Just like, this is a lunatic who, like, not a lunatic fringe prop comic, but it's just like somebody who's so mentally unstable that he loves this man so much that he hates him and Mm -hmm. has to bludgeon him because he can't process the complex feelings of one of his other close friends being... His closer friend. Closer friend being afflicted with a chronic illness that could kill him. Like, that's such an amazingly nuanced, detailed story that... Anybody who's been watching wrestling or just fans of, like, a hero's journey or mm. tragedy can be like, oh, we're going to see so much of that. And right. nope, we got uh, stinky poo-poo, gas masks, and you smell that. Yes. And vaccines. Yep. Um, <laughs> How could we forget? <laughs> it would have made sense if his character was autistic before. Oh. <laughs> yep. Uh, that was... <laughs> I'm not going to edit that part out. <laughs> I never, I barely edit this podcast. This is how we learn from our mistakes, by doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 
Um, let's see. I I have Batista destroying Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah. Because to that point in time, Batista had been Deacon Batista, and he'd been in Evolution, so he'd been a heel. Yeah. But there, like, there's almost this rarefied air that it feels like fills my own head when I think about Batista's first World Heavyweight Title run, because he. He only lost it because Mark Henry accidentally injured him. Mm -hmm. Arguably, he was doing better than Cena. And I feel like when people think about those two title runs in parallel, there's a lot that gets focused on Cena because he was pushed as the face of the company. But I'd argue that because there was so much attention on him, it took some pressure off of Batista to just be, like, a pretty pure, like, straightforward babyface. And it carried him all the way to, like, a very successful eight-month title run. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so all that goodwill comes back from injury and is teaming with Rey Mysterio and it's in the memory of Eddie Guerrero and it's all very good feeling. And then he's just like, no, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And led him to being dickhead movie star Batista who quit in a wheelchair. Yes. Love it. Um, yeah. Batista, once he found his like footing was great. Yep. Um, yes. Keaton's just trying to play with our feet right now. So, <laughs> and I've been like kind of nudging it with my foot because I'm a little guy. Right, bud? Okay. Don't be threatened. He's just a foot. He's Pearl Harbor, yes. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it's that type of character building that makes it more meaningful when Batista comes back to fight Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, loses, yep. does his princess wave quit, and then his most recent return, where he didn't even give the audience like three seconds to love the fact that he was back. He just beat the shit out of Ric Flair. Yep. And he's like, hey, Hunter, uh, I'm going to beat the shit out of you next. And people are like, oh, yay, you're a dickhead, and we love you this time. Yeah. But also, boo. Yeah. Boo, because we're supposed to, but yay in our hearts. Give me what I want! Yep. Um, special mention goes to the iconic uh, Rockers uh, the Dissolution. Yep. Where Shawn Michaels threw Marginette through the barbershop window. Um, I'm sorry, Marginette tried to escape Shawn Michaels through the barbershop <laughs> window, um, as history books will uh, attest. <laughs> Win- winners write history, man. Yeah. Um, it's very Shawn Michaels-esque handwriting there. Yeah, some might say a brain Heenan did it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, one of those great moments where you don't really expect it. You know, there's a little bit of tension between them, uh, but they have a talk show in a barbershop for some reason because it's '80s wrestling. Everyone's got five or six jobs, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> talk show host, barber, wrestler. I mean, Jesus, um, Hulkamaniac. And then he, job. he was like, "I don't need Marty Jannetty." And then he kicked Marty Jannetty so hard that uh, his career never really took off. Yeah. It, there's a lot to be said about it. it. I mean, it's one of those things where it almost creates a blueprint for every successful tag team to break up and at least have one guy succeed. Yep. And it's lean the fuck heavy into everything you're given. Mm-hmm. He was given Sherry Martel. He made that work. He was given a mirror to look at himself. He made that work. He sang his own theme music. And he's not a good singer. No. He, is, he had someone else make that work for him. Yeah. Jimmy Hart. But the thing is, like, it's one of those things where I'm sure going into it, he's like, I don't know how to sing, but he fucking did it. And whenever yeah. you hear his music, it's still him. Yeah. 25, 30 years later, it's still his voice that you sing along to. Yep. Um, yeah, great stuff. Uh, for NXT, um, there's a minor one and then a major one. The minor mm-hmm. one, um, Roddy Strong betraying uh, Pete Dunne in the yes. Dusty Finals. I was going to bring that one up. Yep. Because without... Roddy, I feel I still feel like the Undisputed Era would be incomplete. Yeah. Because you have Adam Cole, your main guy. You got the tag uh, with Red Dragon. Like, Roddy's your shit heel who right. you gotta beat before you get the big bad. Yep, and, like, he wasn't really... He makes more sense in that group than he did without them. Mm. I, I liked the angle where, like, they asked him to join and he said no. 
and he kind of tried to do it the the right way. He tried to be a wrestler the the right and good way, and then it didn't really work out. Yeah. Um. But he also he's not a very sympathetic face. He has that kind of whiny voice that, and he's very good in the ring, and you kind of want to hate him anyway. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys where he, you almost always pay attention to the people who are around him more than you do him. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, the triple threat match from TakeOver, his words in the match were, Hey, Dream, don't look at him, look at... Or, actually, no, it was Pete Dunne. Don't look at him, look at me. Yeah. And, just, and then that just gave everyone, like, license to punch him in the face mm-hmm. as if they needed it. But, yep. Yeah, I mean... He his other like memorable team ups before he just gave into the dark side like he was an author of pain for a hot second in a <laughs> yeah. war games match yes and uh, him and Austin Aries were going to tag before Austin Aries got hurt yeah um, so I love him as part of the undisputed era he's basically an artist when it comes to opening takeover matches mm-hmm. and very very glad that he's a bad guy yes um another NXT one when Samoa Joe turned on Finn Balor yep I like that one because it was just a long build um. Because he just, I mean, he he tagged with him until they won the Dusty Classic. And then he was like, hey, can I get a title shot? And Finn was like, no. And he was like, okay, well, then we're going to do this the wrestling way. And he just started beating people up and being mean to everybody. And he's never gone back. Nope. He sometimes gets accused of murder. <laughs> he sometimes threatens to murder people and or kidnap them. Attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um... Joe is I he's so much better he's so much more accessible as a, as a heel he's much more violent he's much more aggressive yeah I I feel like at his age where he's going to be slowing down a little bit and he's only kind of going to get bigger that it's going to be harder to laugh and like gravitate toward towards him as a face he's, yeah he's a promo guy where everything is delivered very, delivered very deliberately and then lots of manic yelling screaming blah, 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 this is my point yeah works better when you're a bad guy definitely definitely um, NXT, the the iconic one that, like, the turn of turns that led to three years of storytelling. Tommaso shit cans Johnny Oh, Gargano. yes, yeah. It, DIY always felt like, at some point, this guy's just gonna murder the other one, right? Yep. Yes. The answer is yes. And yep, ever since the Cruiserweight Classic meeting where they, uh, you know, they seemed to... They seemed like they were... There was tension between them. They never really showed it too much after that. Right. And I mean, they they had opportunities to pull trigger sooner. My one of my favorites was that they ran an angle on NXT TV. I think it was at this point two years ago, where the Undisputed Era was taunting um, just Tommaso because Johnny wasn't there or he was hurt or both. And it was one of those moments where they were trying to plant like seeds of doubt in Tommaso's mm-hmm. head of just like maybe I am the stronger half of this team. Maybe Johnny did win the Cruiserweight Classic match on a fluke. And he was like, no, and then just fought all three of them on his own, mm-hmm. which was this awesome heroic moment where he was just like he was gonna get put back in his place and beaten down and he did but it was one of those things of like oh he'd never turn on Johnny he just defended his honor when he wasn't there yep. nope yeah I know it's the reason why you never uh, you never turn off an NXT takeover until the next show starts yeah um, until he, everything is just black yeah you can't back in the day you could just see the WWE copyright logo pop up and you're like alright that's the end not anymore because uh, he did it right after that yep and it was very impactful also because just the surprise yeah uh, we didn't expect it I think I think he went into that match hurt. Like I think I remember seeing something about him like hurting his knee that weekend. I don't know if it, it obviously wasn't so bad that he couldn't wrestle. Right. But like I was like, oh, he's gonna take some time off or whatever. I did not expect him to just ruin John Hijikar Gargano's psyche for about a year and a half. And I mean, it 
it's similar to what we were just talking about, just like leaning into everything either that you're given or making the most of what resources you have. So like you said, he tortured Johnny on Twitter for like a year. Yep. Which if you were paying attention to it as a fan, you, you got rewarded because he just like posted things Johnny said or that the two of them said as a team and twisted it around to the point where when he finally came back, not only did it remind you he was back, he used friggin' cr a, a crutch as an iconic weapon. Mm -hmm. Like, that's his sledgehammer. Yep. So, like, when you know when him or Johnny have it in their hands, someone's gonna get the shit kicked out of him. Yep. Um, yeah. So, last, uh, let's do one more. Alright. Um, the Heel Turn Hall of Fame, Kevin Owens. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, all of his are fantastic. He showed up in NXT and, like, within the first couple nights turned on Sami Zayn. Uh, decimated him, and that was like that one. I think that one works if you're an indie fan and you yeah. like knew about them. But I, as like just NXT TV, just being like these guys are friends, and now this one's not. Night one, yeah, they had all of all of the hype packages leading up to him just trouncing CJ Parker. Yep. Sami Zayn finally finishes this ordeal to mm -hmm. win the NXT title immediately after Kevin Owens betrays him. Yep. Yeah. And then he goes on to beat John Cena his first night in WWE. Yep. Uh, and then uh, he embarked on the longest friendship um, festival. That, yeah, that you could ever imagine. Because like that was Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens uh, teaming up for like, what was it like eight months or something like that? Six eight months. Yeah. Six eight months, and they were like, if the whole time Owens was the Universal Champion, you'd be like, it's Chris Jericho. He's like, he's gonna turn on Kevin Owens. Or, you know, something. And then uh, it just kept going. Yep. They just kept helping each other in matches until they had a whole festival of friendship where uh, there were a lot of elaborate gifts that Chris Jericho got for Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens just like, I Jericho one thing. And it was a list with his name on it showing that he was going to kick his ass. <sighs> and he beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. Until uh, they had a match at WrestleMania that was underwhelming. Yeah, Kevin Owens talks about that recently. He has talked about that recently, where they had some fun callbacks to the Festival of Friendship. Mm -hmm. they bro he broke up a pinfall by putting one finger on the bottom rope like yep. he did the uh, the painting, the famous painting from the festival. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, Owens is one of those guys where like he won the Universal Title when Balor got hurt. Like it was incredibly surprising and shocking when that happened, and super exciting. And that's where it heated up him and Jericho even more because they mm -hmm. were the main focus of the show. But yeah, I'm very glad that Owens had the chance to do tremendous villainy as like a guy that hated friendship. He yep. still hates friendship, really. He was the face of America for a hot second. Um, he was big O and got to swivel his hips a little bit. This yes, year. and then turned again. Yep, <laughs> he was a, he, he was a face for about two weeks. Yep. Uh, I wish we had more of that for just a little longer, but whatever. They had to do what they had to do to get to the storyline they were telling. Yep. So yeah, Kevin Owens is a, a goddamn trooper and like an like top twenty villain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Uh, one more for you, if you got. One? Sure. Uh, Iska remains insane. Uh, this <laughs> is uh, Iska's retirement tag team match, where again it's, it's like just starting to scratch the surface on NJPW mm -hmm. of just being like it. It was Tenzon and Iska used to be like the super best friends was the name of their tag team. Was that it? Okay, yeah. I'll, it was I'll just, trust you. They were like best friends or something. It was something like almost Chuck E.T. and Trent Beretta like. Yeah. And they built up this event where it was Iska's big retirement match where 
I just love the lore when any company stays faithful to something wacky. Like, The Undertaker in and of himself is just, like, this zombie mortician with, like, lightning and electricity and teleportation powers, right? Yep. And Iska was just somebody whose soul left him and left the vessel crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the vessel apparently, like, recognized that it could, I don't know, like, bite people's faces and became a cannibal. And he, like, carried an iron finger with him and everything else. So all of this just, like, backdrop to what's the simplest way to try to take all of these like disparate details about this crazy person and try to make him a good guy again friendship yeah so they have this 10 minute tag team match and at the very end announcers are screaming and like crying people in the crowd are chanting as loud as they ever have for this guy isco who's just kind of like an erstwhile background guy yeah. but it's his last night so people just want to see him be good one more time so he take he the uh tenzon puts his hand out for a like this iconic handshake that everything's okay Iska has his hand over his eyeballs, just like, I don't know, I, I can't even verbalize it. Grabs his hand and then immediately bites the head of, of Tenzon. Yeah. Tries to eat him. Uh, Great Bashiel was a, the name of the tag team, right? Uh, uh, that, that's the one with, uh, like, Makabe and... Oh, Mikado. no, you're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. That's, like, the stable, but they themselves had their own, like, separate tag team. I'll figure it out. But either way, and as, as soon as, like, it's, it's almost like this minuscule face turn of just like two or three seconds of a handshake and then nope right right nope, back to being yeah. a crazy cannibal good good way to go out <laughs> just like us and remember to buy your rare coins dipped in chocolate now found inside of lots and lots of chips uh <laughs> we didn't have time to solicit for a new sponsor but we combined two of them in a way that you hopefully will find appetizing <laughs> <laughs> This has been the Wrestle Down. I'm Jer Plopple, Twitter.com swing dingling. Dennis Bruno at DBruno42 at Sensei Dinibi on Twitter. And Keaton, do you want to do your own Instagram this time? No? Okay, well, it's Keaton Fuzzy at Instagram. And, uh, yeah, uh, Wrestle Down, thanks for listening up. We'll figure out how to, <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure out how to make it sound good one of these weeks. <laughs> <laughs>